Life's better with American Family Insurance because our home policies help protect your dreams and come with peace of mind. Save up to 25% by bundling home, auto, and life. American Family Insurance. Get a quote, find an agent at amfam.com. Products not available in every state. Discounts may not apply to all coverages on an auto or home policy. Discounts do not apply to life insurance policies. Visit Amfem.com to learn how discounts may apply to you. American Family Mutual Insurance Company, S.I. and its operating companies, American Family Life Insurance Company, 6000 American Parkway, Madison, Wisconsin. More Than a Movie is back with Season 2. I'm your host, Alex Fumero. And each week, I'm going to talk to the people behind your favorite movies. From The Godfather, Andy Garcia. He has the smarts of Vito, the temper of Sonny. The warmth of Fredo and the coldness of Michael. To the legend behind La Bamba, Lou Diamond Phillips. When I walked in, I didn't think I had a shot at Richie because John Stamos' picture was already up on the wall. Listen to more than a movie on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Jack Armstrong. He's Joe Getty. We're the Armstrong and Getty Show. We cover the stories the mainstream media ignores. The stories that are important to your life and important to the world. The election, of course. The many trials of Donald Trump. Couple of wars. Gender-bending madness. Why are kids looking at so much social media? And we bring you the stories the mainstream media is on. But we do it without the left-wing media spin. Listen to Armstrong and Getty On Demand on America's number one podcast network, iHeart. Open your free iHeart app and search the Armstrong and Getty Show to start listening. Welcome to today's edition of the Clay Travis and Buck Sexton Show podcast. Welcome to the Wednesday edition of the Clay Travis and Buck Sexton Show. They did it. They dropped the indictment relating to the 2020 election on January 6th. They did it right a couple of hours after we finished the show yesterday. So I thought it was going to happen. We all thought it was going to happen sometime this week. And sure enough. It is here. Now, there's a lot going on. We're going to talk about this in detail today. Yes, it is an affront to our judicial system. Yes, it is Banana Republic, Third World, uh, imprison your enemies politically nonsense. Yes, it's a preposterous standard that they are using for this indictment. We're going to look at it legally, though. We're going to look at it politically, historically, and try to get a sense as to where all this is going. Uh, to that end, we'll have our friend Andy McCarthy with us in the second hour, Julie Kelly with us in the third hour, and coming off a of vacation, because that's right, Clay, the, 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 the Clay never stops. Uh, he's going to be joining us in the bottom of this hour from his vacation because he wants to weigh in on this moment, uh, understandably so. So Clay will be with us in just a little bit. In the meantime, let's talk about what we know at this point. Uh, the four-count indictment includes conspiracy to defraud the United States, conspiracy to obstruct an official proceeding, obstruction of an attempt to obstruct an official proceeding, and conspiracy against rights. These are all charges that you could drive the proverbial Mack truck through if you wanted to, right? I mean, there's very vague stuff. And once you read the indictment, which I uh, tweeted about this yesterday, I read read it as soon as it came out, it just reads like a Rachel Maddow monologue over at MSNBC. It's, you know, and then and then he he must have known this wasn't true, and Trump took this legal theory and the legal advisors around him, and it was all lies about the election, and they were pushing lies, and... Let's just take a step back for a moment. 
The First Amendment clearly protects lies of politicians, or else all of our politicians, really all of them, would be in prison. You are allowed to say things that end up not being true, except in very specific circumstances, right? If you are under oath and it is a matter of fact, not a matter of opinion, that is perjury. If you defame somebody on a matter of fact that you know to be wrong, yeah, there are some areas very specific and narrow in the law, but I believe this legal theory should be tested out. They are criminalizing legal theory here. They are criminalizing trying to use the legal process. And anybody out there who's a defense attorney must be like, well, this is crazy. Because as we know, we have a system that is set up, an oppositional system, where you are entitled to the most vigorous defense. You are also entitled to try to use the law as strenuously as possible in an effort to achieve a result that you think is just. That is the way the system is. If it isn't that way, what do we have? I mean, think about what this would mean. Oh, that that defense that you brought in court, it's so flimsy that now we're going to prosecute you for your bad defense? This is something that could rightly be described as Kafka-esque. This is something you would expect in an authoritarian system where any objection to what the system is trying to produce creates this kind of reaction. Donald Trump himself, as we know, is an affront in their minds to their system. He is a challenge to the way things are done. And uh, that is why they're doing everything they can to destroy him. They are tearing down some of our most important, not just institutions, but principles along with them. Uh, the notion that they will be able to prove beyond a reasonable doubt that Donald Trump did not believe the election was stolen from him is absurd. The notion that they're going to be able to prove that there was no basis for conferring with lawyers about a legal theory, given that they believe that there were improprieties in the election. This is just criminalizing the difference of opinion over the election. I mean, you know, it's a good thing, I guess, for Al Gore, the statute of limitations on 2000 has already run out, right? It's a good thing that this legal theory wasn't applied in the past or that the people in the FBI, for example, who waged the Russia collusion hoax to try to undo the 2016 election. That was the entire purpose. Were any of them punished? No, remember, the senior FBI, including the head of the FBI, whether we're talking about Comey or McCabe, his little stooge who took over, they were able to get away with, we were so stupid that we really believed we had to get a FISA set up on people who are low-level campaign associates or employees of Trump because they were helping Russia, and Russia was helping Trump steal the election. It was insane. They didn't believe that. It was a pretext. But they were able to get away with, well, we thought so. We abused the law. Misuse of official position. Misuse of national security powers. Never mind all the leaking that went on that was never punished in 2016, including of the General uh, Flynn Ambassador Kizilyak phone call. Remember that one? Remember their abuse of the Logan Act 
oh, we had to sit down with General Flynn because we thought he was abusing the Logan Act. I mean, he was violating the Logan Act. Never been charged in 200 years. Look at the legal progression. When we talk about the weaponization, this is not a one-off. This is what they have been building to. They created this legal theory of they, the Democrats, they, the deep state. The abuse of the Logan Act was how they went after General Flynn. They then tried to bring out the emoluments clause because Trump had business interests, you know, hotels that were still in operation, etc. They then used the Russia collusion. Collusion wasn't even a crime in the context they used it. They should have said conspiracy, but they didn't like that word. They tried to abuse that. And now here we are with criminalizing differences of approach to a legal matter in election. Election law is very complicated. How elections are conducted in each and every state is different. As we all know, that is the system that we have. There were uh, challenges that were brought in court. Those challenges were not successful. But the electors component of this and some of the other aspects of Trump's strategy, people can, they can dislike it. They can think that it's, you know, trying to uh, ice the kicker, so to speak. It'll call in the timeout. They can think, oh, you know, are you really going to do that? They can say it's up on the edge, but you're going to lock somebody up in prison for this? Remember, they did not charge incitement to insurrection. They did not charge the highest uh, crimes possible here. And I think it's because they recognize their fallback is this is going to happen in Washington, D.C. The judge who has been assigned to this, if you were tasked with picking by record, based on her treatment of the January 6th detainees, the most anti-Trump federal judge possible, they got her. She is probably more so than any other, has a clear record, and even the libs don't argue with this, the single most anti-Trump judge that he could have gotten. Do we think that she's going to be fair with regard to motions? Do we think that she's going to be fair with regard to venue change? She should throw this out right away. I don't think anyone's arguing that they think she will because they know what we're dealing with here. This is the system. This is what they have been building toward this whole time. Oh, and I didn't even talk about the usage of Farah as a criminal tool, a criminal weapon to go after Donald Trump associates before the Foreign Agents Registration Act, which Hunter Biden clearly egregiously violated over a number of years. But he hasn't been charged with that yet. Hmm, I wonder why. Gee, the timing of all of this, isn't that interesting as well? The timing comes down right when it is clear that the Biden crime family's global operations are now a matter of public record and beyond dispute. The corruption, the bribery could not be more clear at this point. Oh, and suddenly they have to come up with this additional federal prosecution. Yet another one. And we're still waiting on Atlanta, which is probably going to happen here in the you know next, uh, it could be in the days ahead, maybe the weeks ahead. What is more likely, friends, that Donald Trump was able to live his entire life all the way up through running for and then becoming president of the United States without a single criminal prosecution? Never once. But then he challenges the system and they decide that they hate him and he insults them, which he does, and he's very good at it. 
And then all of a sudden he faces how many criminal trials at once? One of the first things Trump pointed out, they waited until now? They've waited until there is no way that you could even argue this is not meant to influence the 2024 election. And what's at stake here? Well, the justice system is really the bedrock. It is a foundation upon which all the rest of our uh, institutions function and are, and are based on, right? If you don't have a justice system, what do you have? Some kind of a winner-take-all mobocracy? If you can't trust the justice system, if it becomes a tool, a weapon, a cudgel of one side of the aisle, what comes next? Ah, the death of the democracy that they think they are defending in the first place. Now, I know we are a republic, not a democracy, but they always love to call it a democracy nonetheless. You know what this really comes down to? I thought this was uh, especially noteworthy. You know, the New York Times announced this to their anti-Trump left-wing lunatic readership. This was their headline. uh, Trump charged in bid to subvert democracy. This, my friends, is the entire Biden 2024 election campaign summarized for you in one headline. Trump charged in bid to subvert democracy. It doesn't matter that Joe Biden is decrepit and wildly corrupt and dishonest and incompetent. It doesn't matter that the economy is stumbling along. It doesn't matter the border is wide open. It doesn't matter that the cities are turning into hellscapes with crime and disorder and uh, people just doing drugs in open air and all the things that we see. They're going to argue none of it matters because if Trump wins, it all ends. And the tragic irony of this is, in their efforts to stop the make-believe, Trump-induced death of democracy, they themselves are the ones that are pushing this to the very limit. They themselves are the ones that are creating systemic risk for our republic. Because once you have the political opponent getting locked up of this Biden regime, the primary political opponent um, even possibly facing prison time, Either of these outcomes, both of those are possible. We already know he's facing prison time. God knows what's going to happen in this D.C. I didn't even talk about the jury yet, which we will. They're bringing this in the most anti-Trump city with the highest Democrat registration and the most swamp creatures, the most swamp tentacles, the most swamp connection of any place you could find in the entire country. And they're doing this. And telling us that it's about justice, and they expect us to accept that. It's outrageous. It's outrageous. And people are going to be asking, what do we do? Friends of mine, family members, they ask me, Buck, what do we do about this? We stand strong, we stand tall, and we find a way to win. That's it. We win, or they do. And look what they're doing right now to achieve their goal. Look the lengths... Uh, Look at the lengths at which they're willing to go. So this is a wake-up call, everybody. Wake-up call for all of us. They are defeated in this effort, and they lose the 2024 election, or else it really is time to start thinking about whether this is a free country, whether this is the great republic that we were handed before the lunatic commie Democrats decided that everything 
and anything was justified in their quest to stop one politician, one man. Oh, God, heaven forbid we have peace in a roaring economy again. Wouldn't that be, wouldn't that be such a, a terrible thing? It's, it's, it's a stunning and sad thing to watch, but it's also, as I said, a, it's a wake up call for all of us, what we really face here. And it's just beginning. So strap in, my friends. We'll get into more of this. Like I said, legal analysis, political analysis. Also want to take your calls. 800-282-2882. Clay's going to join us in a little bit. He's uh, going to pop, pop out from his vacation with his family and, and weigh in on this one because I know it's important to him. It's important to all of us. We'll get to that here coming up. MyPillow's 20th anniversary celebration is giving the team working with Mike Lindell the opportunity to offer you a gift. It's valued at $20. You'll find it online at their website, MyPillow.com. This company started 20 years ago making a single product, a super comfortable, amazing pillow. I'm not alone in thinking that they've sold some 80 million of them over the last two decades, while also introducing a lot of other very comfortable products. Mattress toppers, my slippers, Giza Dream sheets, bath towels, pet beds and blankets, and so much more. For a limited time, visit their website and find your free gift valued at $20. No purchase is necessary. And while you're there, check out some of the deep discounts they currently have on some of their most loved products. To access these discounts, just go to MyPillow.com, click on the radio listener square, and use our names, Clay and Buck, as your promo code. You can call as well and ask about this free gift. No purchase necessary. Just go to MyPillow.com or call 800-792-3269 and use promo code Clay and Buck. The Truth Compass, pointing due right every day. The Clay Travis and Buck Sexton Show. I'm Jack Armstrong. He's Joe Getty. We're the Armstrong and Getty Show. We cover the stories the mainstream media ignores. Stories that are important to your life and important to the world. The election, of course. The many trials of Donald Trump. Couple of wars. Gender-bending madness. Why are kids looking at so much social media? And we bring you the stories the mainstream media is on. But we do it without the left-wing media spin. Listen to Armstrong and Getty On Demand on America's number one podcast network, iHeart. Open your free iHeart app and search the Armstrong strong and getty show to start listening more than a movie is back with season two of the award-winning film podcast and this time with a lot more movies i'm your host alex fumero and each week i'm going to talk to the people behind some of my favorite movies from the godfather andy garcia he has the smarts of Vito, the temper of sunny the warmth of fredo and the coldness of michael to the og spy kid alexa penavega you had Carlo Gugino, who's the coolest mom ever. You had Antonio, who's handsome, amazing, charismatic. And then Carvin and Juni. I felt like a lot of other kids felt like this could be me. To the legend behind La Bamba, Lou Diamond Phillips. When I walked in, I didn't think I had a shot at Richie because John Stamos's picture was already up on the wall. Every episode will feature interviews with the biggest actors, directors, writers, and producers behind your favorite films and tap into the history of Latinos in film. Listen to more than a movie as part of the My Cultura Podcast Network, available on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hey, I'm Jay Shetty, and I'm the host of the On Purpose Podcast. On Purpose is dedicated to helping you be happier, healthier, and more healed. This week, I talked to Orlando Bloom in a rare interview where we went deep into how he got comfortable with fear, navigating the changes in relationships, and how to change the guilt and shame thought pattern. This conversation shows a never-seen-before side to Orlando Bloom and his unique life journey. I think we all struggle sometimes to really deeply believe that we are enough. 
that we're valued, that we're valuable. You know, we're imprinted by our parents from the age of zero to seven, right? Mm. I'm constantly trying to go like, how do I detach from my, from this idea of what, do, is that, is that my baggage? I look like my baggage. I mean, I know, oh, okay, that's mine. Let's unpack that. Listen to On Purpose with Jay Shetty on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcast, or wherever you get your podcasts. The indictment um, on election 2020 and January 6th related issues from these uh, Democrats. I just want to note that there are co-conspirators named as well. One of the people named as a co-conspirator is the man who was for years the uh, the greatest mayor in the country, Rudy Giuliani. Here he is pointing out what's really going on here, which is criminalizing free speech, First Amendment rights, and really access to the legal system. Play clip four. Here's what I say to Jack Smith. After the Supreme Court threw out your case, which is, should, should, should have been a disgrace and you should have gone and found another profession because you don't belong in this one. This one will be your legacy. Violating the right of free speech of an American citizen. Never mind whether he was president or not. It could be anybody. It could be a homeless person. You don't get to violate people's First Amendment rights, Smith. No matter who the hell you are, or no matter how sick you are with Trump derangement syndrome. And this isn't the first time you've acted like an unethical lawyer. It should be the last. So there we have it. He's seeing uh, exactly what's coming at them now. These these so-called alleged co-conspirators in this are Trump's lawyers, everybody. They're trying to throw the lawyers into the mix, too. Nothing in the law is sacred to the Democrats other than get Trump. That's it. There's no other principle at work here other than destroy the political opponent who has emotionally broken them. My friends, the artificial intelligence gold rush could soon mint new millionaires. But while everyone is focusing on chat GPT and AI stocks like NVIDIA, something really unique is happening less than two miles from chat GPT's headquarters. For the past few months, engineers from Google and Microsoft have been working on a little known crypto project that could revolutionize the AI industry. And you now have a chance to get in on the ground floor of this project for pennies, giving you a rare chance to turn $1,000 into a six-figure nest egg. All this information is coming directly from Tika Tawari, the man who picked a number one crypto six years in a row. Tika has followed this industry and written about it extensively. A week from today, that's next Wednesday, he's hosting a free online strategy session to give you all the details on his number one coin for this AI boom. Simply go to AICoin2023.com to sign up for this free event. That's AICoin2023.com, paid for by Palm Beach Research Group. All right, everybody, welcome back to Clay Travis and Buck Sexton Show. A big day in the news, as you all know, a troubling day for this country and one that will go down to the history books, I think, ignominiously. Our friend, our co-host, our main man, Clay Travis, steps away from his vacation with his family. To bring you his thoughts on this now, Mr. Clay, I knew you'd come back. What's going on? Well, this is what happens, right? Like, I, I go on vacation, Trump gets indicted, um, and uh, I'll be back on Monday. But just like what happened the last time I was on vacation, Trump got indicted down in Miami. And now this happens, obviously, on Tuesday uh, evening. And look, to me, Buck, I expected so much more. I, after all of the uh, all of the lead up to what Jack Smith was going to be able to get Donald Trump for, 
I actually think the Miami case, which I don't believe we'll get any conviction on because I don't think a South Florida jury is going to convict Trump, is way more legitimate than what he has charged Trump with associated with January 6th. And in particular, Buck, what what jumps out to me as I read the indictment yesterday and as I still continue to think about it on Wednesday is essentially Jack Smith has tried to criminalize legal advice. And for people out there who don't understand this, I think it's really important. Lawyers debate whether cases make sense all the time, Buck. This is not uncommon. If you have a room full of lawyers, uh, you can get seven, eight different opinions from seven or eight different lawyers about whether a case makes sense or not. And to me, the essence of this, again, at its at its pure distillation, is they changed the law to try to eliminate any uncertainty surrounding what the vice president's role was uh, when it came to receiving the electoral votes. But Buck, if if you knew beyond a shadow of a doubt that this legal claim had no merit at all, why in December of 2022 did Congress change the rules uh, relating to an act that went back to 1887 to specify that the vice president was primarily engaging in a ceremonial role and didn't have the authority to engage in any sort of analysis of whether the electoral votes were legitimate or not. To me, this is an open and shut case. And I actually think it's going to go uh, to the extent that it survives, and it probably will because the forum is so favorable. The Supreme Court, I think, will vote maybe 7-2, maybe even 9-0, that this is not a legitimate use of power and that these charges in D.C. are entirely illegitimate not founded in the law, and uh, that Trump had every right to engage in the behavior that he did, acting on the advice of some of his legal counsel. Do you think that that's going to happen, though, in advance of of trial? Like, what's what do you think the process is going to be here for the... we got multiple criminal trials going on, so let's assume that D.C. goes before the election. They'll have to go to the Court of Appeals, right? That's the first to to try to uh, there's a whole bunch of things that venue should be adjudicated here. The judge, uh, as as a lot of folks are noticing, is basically the worst judge for Trump based on record that you can amazing how that happens. Huh? Yeah, it's funny how that went down that way. Um, And you see what's going on right now. You say to yourself, "Okay, they're probably not going to let him change venue because they didn't let any other Jan six cases change venue. They're not going to let them change the judge, which means the trial is going to go forward. So then the appeals court, but the appeals court in D.C., the, the district, I mean, the uh, D.C. Court of Appeals, you can't you can't think that that's going to go his way. Well, I think, Buck, you could probably get an expedited review. First of all, I don't think and, I, and I've been on the record, I could end up being wrong, but I don't think they're going to be able to get these trials done before the election. So I think the 2024 election is going to have already occurred before we get a full result in Miami, South Florida area, or in D.C. We're going to have it in New York, for sure. May get a result in New York, but I think that's such a trivial uh, trivial uh, crime. There'll be an appeal and everything else. I don't think it'll have any real impact. I actually, um, so I would suspect that they will expedite, in the event that there was a trial, they would, I believe, expedite this review very quickly, and I think it would run through the D.C. Circuit and uh, through the uh, and through the Supreme Court, and I think they would toss this out. 
So I, I, I expected, and, and I haven't even read, I don't know if you've had a chance to, to spend very much time even reading the left-wing opinions on this. And I don't mean like the slanted news coverage. I mean lawyers looking at this and saying, I mean, I expected this. This is so much closer to New York City, the, the charges there, than it is to Miami. Because there are arguments that Trump, based on obstruction, uh, refusing to turn over the documents. I don't think we'll get a conviction in South Florida. But when I read that indictment, we came on, Buck, and I was like, okay, this yeah. is a different level. Trump could behave recklessly here. There's nothing. I mean, it almost feels like this story has almost vanished because the left wing, I think, was hoping, oh, he's going to get charged with sedition. He's going to get charged with treason, all these different things. And you got a conspiracy that's basically rooted in legal discussion. Isn't there the possibility, though, of a superseding indictment still. I mean, if you look at the timing of all of this, it comes down right about when the whole Biden House of Cards is called. Oh, of course. Right? Yeah. Very hard not to notice that this is going on just as we see everything they said about how Joe never talked to Hunter about his. Oh, actually, he was on speakerphone with him like 20 times. Joe wasn't a part of this. Actually, Joe Biden was the brand. All that comes down and they try to put the final nail in the legal coffin of the trump campaign and it does feel like wow that's quite a coincidence there's still the possibility though just as we saw in florida of a superseding indictment that would include more possibly i think it it looks messy personally if you don't have ever all your ducks in a proverbial row doesn't mean they can't do it but i don't i think this is their shot I think this is their shot at Trump on January 6th. There's always the possibility that new evidence emerges. Uh, I well, guess he's named these co-conspirators, Clay. Yeah, right. In the, in the uh, indictment that's come down, basically his lawyers. You, you'll also yeah. notice everybody. If you would just beam down to earth in the pre-Trump era, we had this whole thing in this country of lawyers and attorney-client privilege, and, and that was something that we considered somewhat sacred in the legal profession. And now we know Trump's lawyers have been turned against him numerous times. I think that's the play of uh, the play here where the unindicted co-conspirators, they're all going to be offered. You totally walk. No problem. You flip on Trump. And so that's the only way that I could see them going for some kind of additional charges, because what they would say is, well, now with the lawyer's testimony, the co-conspirators, now we can nail him down. You see what I mean? Yeah, I just I, again, the theory of this case is. Trump's legal claims were so patently absurd that he actually engaged in a conspiracy because he knew that those legal claims were patently absurd and he knew that he had lost the election. And so, therefore, we've got him on a conspiracy. And I'll just say this. I've said it on the show before. When I was in crim law, Buck, my crim law professor, he was a legend at Vanderbilt Law School, Don Hall. Uh, he said uh, the number one thing that prosecutors always say is, Man, we really don't have a case here. We'll get them on a conspiracy. That's always the weakest of all charges. And so I, I just want to take you inside. I've been in so many discussions with lawyers where everybody's sitting around the table and you're saying, okay, what arguments do we have to make on our side? And lawyers just start spitballing ideas. Okay, well, we'll claim this. We'll claim that. And then in real time, lawyers work through and say, ah, I don't know that I buy into that argument very strong. I like this argument better. And ultimately, if you read pleadings, lawyers also, oftentimes, Buck, will say, we believe X, 
But if X doesn't apply, we believe Y. And if Y doesn't apply, we believe Z applies. In other words, you're throwing out all sorts of legal arguments because you're not sure how the court's going to respond to them. And I just come back to when they change the law, you can, you can argue that this is an expansive, aggressive definition of uh, of what the vice president's role was. I'm focusing on this in particular on Jan 6. But when they changed the law to eliminate any uncertainty, to me that ends the argument that it was an illegitimate argument in the first place because the fact that they had to change the law to remove that ambiguity proves that the ambiguity was there and that you could make that argument as a legally colorable claim. Lawyers, here's the other thing, Buck. If lawyers make indefensible legal arguments, the court can sanction those lawyers. And so far as I have seen, I have not seen any of the filings that Trump has made. And I'm not an expert in all of this. Um, I have not seen all of the lawyers being severely reprimanded for the claims that they have tried to make. Now, individual bar associations have gone after some of Trump's lawyers, but that's mostly political. They tried to go after Rudy Giuliani. They've gone after. I mean, that's just weaponizing blue states against red attorneys. And unfortunately, that's become a real thing, too. Well, you'd have to wonder, you know, take it back to a trial that everybody who's certain age remembers uh, pretty clearly oj's lawyers knew what they were doing wasn't true right? yeah i mean there's i mean that's they, often the job of a defense attorney right. right they were not idiots they knew what had really happened there but they gave the most vigorous defense they could and they tried anything they could within the bounds of the law uh to get their client off and we all know how that happened uh, you know i i do think you can argue it's unethical i think you can argue it's unseemly but it's not criminal and that's the thing here is you can say you don't like the actions and people the, the real test for this or the real punishment should be what do the american people think you know like in an election that's how this should be adjudicated not trying to throw people in prison no doubt buck and, and i'll also mention joe biden himself has gotten slapped down by the supreme court a lot for legal theories that he has advanced including legal theories that he himself said he knew was unconstitutional. Remember the eviction moratorium. Biden said, oh, well, the Supreme Court's not going to allow us to do this. We don't have the authority. What about student loan forgiveness? Nancy Pelosi said Joe Biden didn't have the authority to do it. The president can't just act. In other words, the Supreme Court regularly says to the president of the United States, you have done something that is unconstitutional. Under Jack Smith's definition, if you engaged in a legal argument that you think is unlikely to win, maybe even that you have publicly said you expect to lose, that's a conspiracy to defraud the American people. It's just, it is a broken case on its inception. Problem, though, with all of this is let's just assume, because it's almost always the case, that you and I are right in our overall view of this, right? Let's assume that the, the legality of this and so many other, we're going to have Andy McCarthy on later. Um, you know, I know Dershowitz was on Glenn's show this morning and, and you have all the, Jonathan Turley. I saw his quotes last night when this broke. People are saying this, this is just, it's flimsy, especially for going after somebody who's running for president right now. The process is still the punishment, Clay. Yeah. Let's, let's take a look at the politics of this in a second here. We come back. What does it mean for, uh, the, 
Trump campaign? What does it mean for Biden's hopes of reelection? Looking at this more from the political than the legal lens, and then we will let Clay go back to his vacation and his family. Because he, I said, Clay, it's okay. You're allowed to take vacation. He's like, the people need me. I said, sir, I agree. We got you. So he's here. But we'll come back to him in just a second. Born on America's darkest day of 9-11, the Tunnel the Towers Foundation has been supporting heroes who risk life and limb in the line of duty ever since. Detective Joseph Seals served in the Jersey City, New Jersey Police Department for 13 years. He worked with the city's ceasefire unit where he helped get dozens of illegal guns off the streets. He was shot and killed during a confrontation with armed gunmen in 2019, just days before Christmas. He left behind his wife, Laura, and five children. Tunnel to Towers immediately paid off the family's mortgage. To date, the foundation has delivered over 1,000 mortgage-free homes to our country's severely injured veterans and first responders, homeless veterans, Gold Star families, and fallen first responder families. Tunnel to Towers gives hope to families thanks to your generosity. Join Tunnel to Towers on its mission to do good and never forget the sacrifices of America's greatest heroes. Join me in donating $11 a month to Tunnel to Towers at T2T.org. That's T, the number two, T.org. The Clay and Buck Podcast Deep Dives with cool content, surprise guests. Get it all on the iHeart app or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Jack Armstrong. He's Joe Getty. We're the Armstrong and Getty Show. We cover the stories the mainstream media ignores. Stories that are important to your life and important to the world. The election, of course. The many trials of Donald Trump. Couple of wars. Gender-bending madness. Why are kids looking at so much social media? And we bring you the stories the mainstream media is on. But we do it without the left-wing media spin. Listen to Armstrong and Getty On Demand on America's number one podcast network, iHeart. Open your free iHeart app and search the Armstrong and Getty Show to start listening. More Than a Movie is back with season two of the award-winning film podcast, and this time with a lot more movies. I'm your host, Alex Fumero, and each week I'm going to talk to the people behind some of my favorite movies. From The Godfather, Andy Garcia. He has the smarts of Vito, the temper of Sonny. The warmth of Fredo and the coldness of Michael. To the OG spy kid, Alexa Penavega. You had Carlo Gugino, who's the coolest mom ever. You had Antonio, who's handsome, amazing, charismatic. And then Carvin and Juni. I felt like a lot of other kids felt like this could be me. To the legend behind La Bamba, Lou Diamond Phillips. When I walked in, I didn't think I had a shot at Richie because John Stamos's picture was already up on the wall. Every episode will feature interviews with the biggest actors, directors, writers, and producers behind your favorite films and tap into the history of Latinos in film. Listen to More Than a Movie as part of the My Cultura Podcast Network, available on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hey, I'm Jay Shetty, and I'm the host of the On Purpose Podcast. On Purpose is dedicated to helping you be happier, healthier, and more healed. This week, I talked to Orlando Bloom in a rare interview where we went deep into how he got comfortable with fear, navigating the changes in relationships, and how to change the guilt and shame thought pattern. This conversation shows a never-seen-before side to Orlando Bloom and his unique life journey. I think we all struggle sometimes to really deeply believe that we are enough that we're valued, that we're valuable. You know, we're imprinted by our parents from the age of zero to seven, right? Mm. I'm constantly trying to go like, how do I detach from my, this idea of what, do, is, that, is that my baggage? It look like my baggage. I mean, I know, oh, okay, that's mine. Let's unpack that. Listen to On Purpose with Jay Shetty on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcast, or wherever you get your podcasts. 
Welcome back in. I'm off my vacation. You hear me break down everything with Buck. I couldn't resist. Uh, Every time I go on vacation, we end up with these indictments, it feels like. Uh, All right, Buck. Politically, you just teased it as we went to break. For me, on a political level, I actually don't think this changes very much. And I think the story will vanish because there isn't any major new revelation And so I think what it does is it strengthens Trump in the Republican primary, makes it even more likely that he's the nominee, and simultaneously the Democrats believe weaken him in the general. We'll see whether that ends up being true. As we talked about earlier this week, CNN even acknowledged that Trump is in a stronger position right now than he was during the 2016 or 2020 campaign at the same times in the cycle. What's your big takeaway politically? I think that this is going to be the the big test of the theory that's out there that Democrats want Trump to win the primary and they think they can defeat him in the general. I think that based on the flimsy nature of this, and, and remember, when we say that, that is their calculation. You can think their calculation is wrong, and I think a lot of us do, but that, I think, is what the Democrats are gearing up for. And I just say that they don't think that they have to win in court to beat him in the election, which is the, th- the single most important thing to them. These criminal trials, they believe, will help them in the general. I think that's very, I, I think it's very hard to argue against that right now from the Democrat mindset. I also think politically, and we talked about this when the indictment came down in New York City and when the indictment certainly came down in South Florida, this is the full culmination of, I believe, the destruction of a reasoned, logical, and fair judicial system in this country, Uh, in particular the Department of Justice itself. We've never seen anything like this. When I see the weakness of these charges that are being brought against Trump, I can't help but think this is now the new normal in America. Maybe Republicans are not going to do it, but if you charge Trump under these conspiracy charges, you could charge any politician in America just about with any kind of conspiracy charge because there's always legal advisors who disagree and always presidents who are going to push their executive power to the the limit. It's always the Democrats who end up pushing this stuff. I think of the honest services fraud prosecutions that they've tried in the past, which are so expansive, the Supreme Court had to totally strike them down, so expansive as to be effectively meaningless. Like, anything could be considered an intrusion. I think Scalia actually said in one of his decisions, so if someone gives you a good table at a restaurant because you're the CEO of a company, is that can that be considered honest services fraud to the yeah. customer? The whole thing is. But really here, Clay, it also sends a message, which is the lengths that the Democrats are willing to go to to get somebody who challenges them the way that Trump has. They will do anything. They will cut down all the laws of the nation. They don't care. I think that's 100% right. And uh, to your point on, is there more? I mean, I'm in Atlanta right now. I think there probably will be charges in Atlanta. The goal will be to keep Trump in the courtroom throughout 2024 and try to brand him as a felon. The question to our, is, to our people, people going to rally? It's our people. It's, you know, we all hop, we all hop in the bunker with them, right? You yes. know what Democrats are thinking? Independents and swing states are going to see a lot of Trump walking around courtrooms. That's what they're thinking. That's the calculus. And we'll see whether or not it ends up being true. Uh, I hope everybody has a fantastic week. I'm back with the family now. Buck, keep the ship afloat. I will do my best. No keg parties that go past 2 a.m. See you guys in hour two in a second. 
More Than a Movie is back with season two. I'm your host, Alex Fumero. And each week, I'm going to talk to the people behind your favorite movies. From The Godfather, Andy Garcia. He has the smarts of Vito, the temper of Sonny, the warmth of Fredo, and the coldness of Michael. To the legend behind La Bamba, Lou Diamond Phillips. When I walked in, I didn't think I had a shot at Richie because John Stamos's picture was already up on the wall. Listen to more than a movie on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Jack Armstrong. He's Joe Getty. We're the Armstrong and Getty Show. We cover the stories the mainstream media ignores. The stories that are important to your life and important to the world. The election, of course. The many trials of Donald Trump. Couple of wars. Gender-bending madness. Why are kids looking at so much social media? And we bring you the stories the mainstream media is on. But we do it without the left-wing media spin. Listen to Armstrong and Getty On Demand on America's number one podcast network, iHeart. Open your free iHeart app and search the Armstrong and Getty Show to start listening. Hey, I'm Jay Shetty, and I'm the host of the On Purpose podcast. This week, I talked to Orlando Bloom in a rare interview where we went deep into how to get comfortable with fear and how to change the guilt and shame thought pattern. People say, what are you afraid of, right? I'm afraid of fear because it's like, I want to confront anything in my life that feels challenging on those levels. Listen to On Purpose with Jay Shetty on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. 